Jean-Claude Van Damme explodes a ball sack. A spoilers tries to figure out why Pappy is so angry. He says, spoilers! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, about to, to enter this podcast and just walk off in the middle of the Jeez. Uh, this is spoilers today. We're spoiling the 1980s Jean-Claude Van Damme star-making term Bloodsport. Uh, I am your host, Stevie, and forgive me if I don't break this down in acts. This is really hard to fluidly break down in act one, act two, act three, for the matter that it's one giant montage, but a great one at that. Um, I'll just go ahead and toss it around, introduce yourselves, and, uh, well... You guys see anything new? I'll start with that. You guys see anything new? Josh, let's start with you. Hey, this is Josh from Goshen, Indiana. Um, nope, haven't seen anything new. Mikey, how you doing? <laughs> Sorry. I'm good. Uh, I've watched uh, uh, the new Planet of the Apes movie this weekend. Uh, I thought it was a good way to end the trilogy if that's how they're planning on ending it so there is an ending uh, to i liked it. it yeah i think i think i think it all wrapped up gotcha gotcha jordan stevie, stevie before we jump to stevie or before we jump jump to jordan i i haven't watched anything new because i've been just watching van wilder over and over <laughs> and writing a thesis on it so thesis on van wilder to come go ahead jordan i can't wait for you to read it <laughs> Yikes. Uh, this is Jordan recording from uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. I haven't really seen much new recently either. Uh, I'm hoping that I watched the right Bloodsport. We were supposed to watch the uh, the made-for-TV movie starring William Shatner, correct? Yeah, the T.J. Hooker spinoff, Bloodsport. Yes. Okay, Not perfect. the Jean-Claude Van Damme star <laughs> making turn, Bloodsport. Okay, 80s. just making sure. <laughs> from the 80s. And last but not least, Pappy, back in the stomping grounds of Minnesota. How's it going, Pap? I'm fine, and I'm glad I have such good friends, because, like, you know, you come on the podcast, you're not in the best mood, and then everyone just points it out for, like, five minutes. It's, like, friends like these, but... Pappy, we tried uh, to get you to go blow off steam, did we not? We tried to help you. I've blown off something today, that's for sure. But, (laughs) pump up what sort of first canon film. Oh, and I haven't watched anything new, by the way. But I watched Jaws three times this week. Wait, you've never three? seen Jaws before, right? Why? No, I've seen it. Oh, I just I... watched it three times this week. Why three? Because uh, I had a plane ride to Minnesota. Oh, okay. Did you watch it three like times consecutively like on the plane? No, in, in, in the course of four days, I watched it three times. Because ah. it's just a movie. Well, today we are, as I said before, spoiling Bloodsport, which IMDb description says... Bloodsport follows Frank Dukes, not Ducks, an American martial artist serving in the military who decides to leave the army to compete in a martial arts tournament in Hong Kong where he fu- where fights to the death can occur. I'll just go ahead and toss it around. What are your guys' initial thoughts? Okay. Well, uh, this is your host, Stevie. I'll I, break down what happens scene by scene I, now. It's well, just myself. I, I, I drove over the Mississippi River today, and that chasm wasn't as wide as that pause we just had. On the I'll give an initial thought. Uh, I, I'm so like taken aback that Jean-Claude Van Damme 
plays like this all-American hero, even though he has like the thick European accent. <laughs> and it's just like a really confusing part of the movie that you just have to ignore from the very beginning. It's kind of funny. When I first saw this movie, I hon- this isn't like to be mean. I honestly thought the main character might be slow because the way young <laughs> Frank Dukes talked. It wasn't like he like didn't know English. It was like he might have a disability of sorts. My favorite thing about young Frank Dukes is that he has a San Francisco Giants hat uh, and a New York <laughs> Giants jersey. It's like somebody <laughs> like went to Goodwill and got two Giants things and thought they went together. It's a blatant error. It's so bad. I would, I actually did some research to look back and see if like someone had changed color, but nope. <laughs> You're exactly right, Pappy. This kind of reminds me when George Lucas made it 20,000 Metachlorians and 20,000 Republic de Berries. It's just kind of how like the movie starts. I mean, it's not exactly how the movie starts. The movie starts off with showing every fighter that's going to be in the Kumite and obviously showing who's going to be the bad guy. Which, what was uh, one of your guys' favorites uh, montage moments from the show on the fighters? Sorry, Stevie, I can't remember a specific <laughs> one. Well, there was like Bolo Young breaking ice. Montage. There, this movie's a lot of montage. There's lots of good theories. Bolo Young, for some odd reason, kicking ice from a tree, which you think would have melted by the time they could have hoisted that up there. I think Mikey's favorite was the African guy chopping coconuts off the tree. Is that not right, Mikey? I didn't say it was my favorite. I said it was the most racist. <laughs> <laughs> the first of many. <laughs> Speaking of racism, what other racist moments did you catch, Mikey? Uh, I mean, there's obviously some Asian things going on. There's a there's a, a weird scene later on in the movie where uh, Forrest Whitaker and the other detective are eating at a restaurant, and uh, they kind of make a like a dog meat joke. And Forrest Whitaker tosses like a piece of meat to a dog, and the dog doesn't even eat it. It's kind of like a. Did you guys see that one? Did catch There's that. some other stuff. I think Jordan. Did the dog jumped... not eat it because the dog knew that it was actually dog meat? Is that what you're getting at? Was it? Dog was a dog being racist? <laughs> <laughs> Rock dog. <laughs> <laughs> but this uh, movie also kind of falls itself because it's showing all this montage of build up to this secret underground tournament called the Kumite, and for a secret underground tournament everyone seems to know about it like the all-american american i think it's ray jackson is sparring whatever style of martial arts he's doing and just a random guy looks up to him hey ray heard you're in the kumite this weekend you can die in that thing you know just some random guy <laughs> it's not even like it's not even like they're trying to be secret about it. it's like oh yeah everybody knows about him even white blonde-haired reporter um i can't i don't even think she really they did they even say her name in the movie it was janice kent I never heard the name Janice once in this movie. Yeah, her name in the movie is actually Blonde Broad Trophy. Blonde Broad Trophy, I think. Blonde Broad Trophy. She's a horrible character. It's a horrible portrayal of a any person. I was thinking this. I was thinking this woman is the worst reporter alive because she can't find a lead on the most obvious fighting tournament of all time. And she had to sleep with Jean-Claude Van Damme to get this inside scoop. Talk about the wrong guy to sleep with to get the scoop. She sleeps with him, and then she's he's just like, well, still sorry. Can't See tell you, you later. <laughs> yeah, he totally doesn't keep up his end of the deal. 
He bangs her and leaves. You can get killed for that in some countries. <laughs> but he's on a military base, and he's uh, just kicking a... What are those... Uh, are they called sparring bags? What is, it, what, what is the Rocky B-bag? bag called? I don't know what those things are. Like a punching bag? I don't know. I don't think it's a punching bag. That's the one you hold. Uh, I, I, it's like it's the, the one that's on the ceiling that you yeah, like. Yeah, you like around. bounce back and forth. He's kicking it like Rocky would be punching it. And the uppers figure out that he's going to be going to Hong Kong on leave. And they freak <laughs> out. And the, the commander of the base, who is one of the worst overdubs I've ever seen... <laughs> Like Ducky Sucker had more like, like <laughs> upstanding dubs. Uh, he's like, "What do you mean he's leaving?" It's finally he's... credit where credits due for Ducky Sucker. I'll give Ducky Sucker some credit. I mean, Ducky Sucker. I'll give that. I'll give it some credit. Um, but he gets to uh, Hong Kong. Immediately, we're introduced to Ray Jackson, who's the American asshole, wearing nothing but denim, Harley Davidson, and drinking what I can only assume is Miller Lite. <laughs> of course. I mean, is Pappy? You travel a lot. Is that how the world sees nope. Americans? Uh, Pappy's not a good person to ask a question to right now. Oh. <laughs> Did he Let's give him a sec. Not sure. He and dropped. The... Yeah. Son of the bitch. <laughs> there we go. Should I wait, or should we just keep going? Maybe Pappy was like, fuck it. I really can't do this without alcohol. He <laughs> <laughs> seemed very great. I'm back. He's back. We, we did it. Stevie, you were saying, uh, Pappy, you've traveled around the world, something, something. Ray Jackson. Uh, before we get into that, though, I totally skipped over like the montage of training with uh, Senzo, his master, Sadoshi. And Jordan was going to bring up another racist moment in this movie. <clears throat> Which is what, Jordan? Oh, we have that rare uh, white racism where oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, his trainer's kid when they're when they're training together, the trainer's kid kind of beats Frank's ass for a minute, and when he's down on the ground, he's like, "Why don't you just leave, round eye?" Which I have never heard as an insult, but stuck out to me. <laughs> as some sort of racism, but there's definitely uh, all sorts in this movie, so I'd... <laughs> According to uh, Urban Dictionary, it's an insult used by Asians on Americans or white men. That's according to the Urban Dictionary. Would that make you feel bad, though, if someone called you a round eye? Would you be offended by that? Probably not. I'd be like, yes, they're big, round, and beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Thanks for the compliment. Kick me again. Um, but, Pat, what I was going to ask you was, um, Ray Jackson, wearing pretty much uh, semi-Canadian uh, tuxedo, Harley Davidson, and drinking <laughs> white beer. Um, is that how a lot of the world views Americans, since you're so well, well-traveled? Well, I'll say this about Ray Jackson is he knows how to pick up a woman on a bus. That's for sure. <laughs> he, uh, Sexual he's, harassment. He's drinking a beer, but he says something like, hey, baby. <laughs> and she's totally shut down. And like you think he's going to be an antagonist, but he ends up being kind of a good guy. Yeah. You thought he was going to be an antagonist, Pat? The first time I watched this, I thought he was going to be. Seemed like what, a bit of an ass. What makes him a good guy? He's still beating the shit out of other he guys. He wears Harley Davidson and loves America, Mikey. 
Yeah, he, he plays video America. games, Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. He makes death threats at Asians. I mean, that's what he, he sexually harasses women sexually and harasses public women transportation. The thing I love about him is that everyone else in the Kumite has like, however racist it is, their own specific like style of martial arts <laughs> <Yeah>. or fighting. <laughs> and his fi- his style is just like brute American grit or something. I, like, I call no, it it's, it's pro wrestler. It's pro wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> so you take a few hits around. and then rage out and like get them. He straight up he does like the Hulk routine where he's like, "You're next, you're next." <laughs> <laughs> or when he Which is a really stupid just, thing. <laughs> he looks just like uh, that guy with the mask in in WWE. Uh, Mankind. Uh, the same kind of hair. Mankind. Yeah. Oh, nice. Mick Foley. Looks much like Mick Foley. Good call, money. But uh, sock puppet. Frank and Ray bond <laughs> over. <laughs> Frank and Ray bond over video games in the hotel lobby um, because Frank can beat Ray. They're instantly become buddies and friends. Kicks his ass. Yeah, it doesn't even really give him a chance. <laughs> Roundhouse is him. Many There's times. no subtlety in that moment at all. Just Frank wins. He's a better fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing interesting happening. <laughs> Which it was weird when they were playing that video game because Frank, uh, Ray keeps calling Frank kid. Did they look that much like an age difference? No. Jean-Claude looks so much older. I thought he looked older, too. It was weird. What's also interesting about that video game is they're basically exclusively using Joey sticks. So I don't know how anything else is like happening, like the kicks and the punches. <laughs> it's, all, it's all combos, man. It's all combos. Up, down, left, right, you have a kick. <laughs> Those were definitely good graphics, too, at some point. Yeah, what game was that? I think it was called Karate Man, I think, Yikes. if I remember the IMDb trivia correctly enough. So well, like, it looks like it's an early early predecessor to Street Fighter, which segues into how this movie is pretty much Street Fighter <laughs> before John claude Van Damme played Guile in Street, Street Fighter. Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Chong Lee based on? Uh, it just kind of reminded me of a, kind of like a nod to Enter the Dragon, which he was um, in as well, but he wasn't the main antagonist. That's I think you're using the term nod and blatant ripoff interchangeably. <laughs> <laughs> An homage, Pappy, all right? Pretty much they bond, and that's when we meet Victor, who is the American liaison. Or is it not the American? He's uh, the liaison for Frank and Ray in... Um, Victor's the best. Victor is the best. What I remember was he leads them through. He's taking Frank and Ray to the tournament, and he leads them through. What's that city called again? Is it Kowloon City? China. Oh. China's. Hong Kong? No, Every town, China. <laughs> but he leads them through like a, a city of what looks like rundown apartments in like their own miniature city and when he, there's like these four guys standing in this alley which is also one of my favorite parts of this movie he says something in what I only can assume is Chinese and one of the guys looks at him and goes okay USA okay USA 
<laughs> Gives him the huge thumbs up, and it kind of looks like Sloth from uh, Goonies. <laughs> and they get into the tournament, which is it just seems to have they want to take a lot of cool moments in this movie where they're not gonna like let Frank in because he's not a Tanaka, even though he says he was trained by um, Senzo Shidoshi, and he tells them um, to do if he really is uh, his protege that he can do the dim the dim Mac as Ray Jackson would say. Now, Jordan, describe this scene. Uh, well, they just happen to have a huge pile of bricks over to the <laughs> side. <no> <laughs> <laughs> and sure. so he has to do the dim mac on these bricks. What the hell is a dim mac? And he is able to somehow break the bottom brick in a pile of bricks. Uh, only the bottom brick by just punching the top one. Uh, Everyone is pretty impressed, except for the main antagonist, uh, Chung Lee, I think his name is. He says, Very good. But Brick, not hit back. (laughs) Yeah, he does. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of how we exit that scene. Everyone is impressed, except for the antagonist. Everyone claps. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I think more importantly, in this scene, we're first introduced to what will become a major thread later in the movie where anytime Jean-Claude Van Damme has a powerful strike, he will strike in slow motion, and then he will slow motion, even slower slow motion, react with somewhat quivering jowls and lips. (laughs) (laughs) I have Jean-Claude Van Damme crazy eyes written down as a note. I think it was for this and many other scenes. So this is the first brick of the John Claude Van Damme crazy eyes laid. And what's even funnier is like this isn't even in slow motion, but like when uh, he's going for the top brick in that stack before the guy even says bottom brick, um, <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme is like staring at it for like a minute. It's not even in slow motion. It's like okay, this is the top brick. He's like flexing his muscles, breathing hard. Everybody's Supreme waiting in focus. anticipation. Then we hear bottom brick. Five seconds later, does it? Doesn't make a whole ton of sense. But we also meet every fighter that's going to be in this <laughs> tournament in this scene, which, uh, what's his name? So, I think his name's Hassan. Uh, they go back to the hotel, and one of the fighters, his name is Sadiq Hassan or Hassan is harassing Josh Long's favorite character, Janice Kent. About if she wants a story, she's pretty much going to have to sleep with him. So harassing is harassing (laughs) the blonde trophy broad. (laughs) And this brings up what I wrote down in my notes. Like, we've seen this in Ducky Sucker, in Legends, in Heat, and even Swiss Family Robinson, a Disney movie where any girl that's going to be some sort of lead has got to be helpless, helped out by the main protagonist, and ultimately narrowly avoid rape at some point. And that's I listed those four movies. Those are just like four of our last like 10 or 12 movies we've reviewed. Like, is this really this common in movies? Like, why? Why? Yes. Sexism. <laughs> is this why I mean, we I have mean, female Ghostbusters? You use avoid as a very soft term because in one of those, she definitely does not avoid anything. 
I think it's the movie Josh picked, but he <laughs> does have a good point <laughs> in that. Or Not Stevie like. has a good point in that I think it is kind of the pendulum swinging because a lot of these movies are older. But I'll say that this movie is way worse because like they're just treating her like a piece of property. And Jean Claude Van Damme's like, "Well, if I lose, you can you just can fuck have her. her." Yeah. <laughs> what? No, no. Trust me. Trust me. Wink. Creepy <laughs> wink. Yeah, it wasn't creepy <laughs> wings. He does like the magic trick with the coins, which. It looked really impossible. He switched out the quarter he was going to grab from Harass and Hassan. Um, Did with, he switch uh, out a quarter with a dirty quarter? I don't understand what... It was Hong Kong currency, which is called what, Pap? Uh, yen. Is it yen? I don't know. Oh, okay. We'll go with yen. <laughs> Roll with it. Keep moving. <laughs> keep moving. Keep moving. We'll go with it. Just go with it. So, Janice avoids rape. Um talks to Jean-Claude about how they can avoid how um, pretty much how secret the Kumite is. You know, everybody knows about it at this point. And before they get to the tournament for the actual fighting, Forrest Whitaker and white dude who I don't know who's his name show up. <laughs> and it, they embark on what I think is one of the greatest chase scenes ever in movie history. Mikey, break this down for us. First of all, you got to realize that every Kumite fighter is being fully accommodated at this Hyatt Inn. <laughs> and the, so, the same high end hotel. Yeah. <laughs> so, they have, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme eventually is found out that he's staying at this hotel. Uh, Forrest Whitaker and his partner confront him. Uh, mankind pushes Forrest Whitaker over. <laughs> And a chase ensues. <laughs> and it's... What would you compare this to? Like, singing in the rain or something? <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme is running away from Forrest Whitaker and just, like, dancing and prancing as he's doing it. Mo- like, like, yeah, yeah, like, turning around and mocking them and then, <laughs> like, not really trying to get away for a lot of it. He could have easily yeah. gotten away ten times, but he like, keeps <laughs> shouting at them and dancing. Oh, he could have sprinted away in 30 seconds and been around a corner, gone. But he just kept toying with them, and it lasted. I timed it. It was like three minutes of them running around Hong Kong. So, uh, No way. He finally runs across a string of, of boats, and uh, they, the police officers follow him. Uh, they fall off into the river, and uh, Jean-Claude escapes on a On a rickshaw. Uh, on a rickshaw, yeah. As he waves to them. <laughs> See yeah, ya. the final nail in the coffin. <laughs> like now, well, it was the moment where... of levity this film needed. That's sure. <laughs> because of people course, are going to die soon. Yeah. Horace Whitaker and his older partner have that classic, like they're on the edge of the boat, like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> they finally fall off. They don't like fall though. Like the old guy Helmer falls in, but Forrest Whitaker like leaps with all of his strength in. I was almost waiting for like Jean Claude Van Damme to drink a Coke as he's riding away <laughs> in the rickshaw because that, that those three minutes were ridiculous. I have, I have a serious question about this that chase scene for you guys. Do you think the people on the street were extras paid by the studio, or do you think they just <laughs> no, fucking went out no in the way. street? No the way. Scene? Unwitting extra. <laughs> I think they just went out in the street and filmed something off the top. 
Some of the people's looks were genuinely like surprised and confused. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> JCVD was like actually dodging buses. I bet, <laughs> like, causing causing a scene. I'll take that further and say that John Claude Van Damme turning around and mocking them probably wasn't part of the original script either. He's just frolicking around on set. Didn't have the budget for reshoots. That's the take. <laughs> That's all we got time for, boys. Good job, John. Uh, but I was just fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> After this chase scene, we get to um, pretty much a giant, never-ending montage of Kumite fighting, where all the fighters, which they showed out in single shots, like in single frames, are now fighting. You know who's immediately going to win because, oh, they showed this fighter before. And... What song? Did you guys like that theme song that had uh, the words Kumite repeated a thousand times in it? You mean Fight to Survive? Fight to Survive! Yeah, did you guys like that? It's pretty great, Mon. Maybe it's a throwback to uh, Sergio Leone classic Ducky Sucker where they use the name Sean inside. (laughs) I don't think they were going for that, Josh. Okay. But you do make a valid point. It's one of those movies where they actually use a part of like the movie that's not the title in the song, which I thought was hilarious in its own right. But to get to this movie, we're all building up for the fight with Chong Li, who um, is pretty much beating everybody at will, including our American antagonist, not antagonist, protagonist, Ray Jackson. Which, this part is really dumb when you get to, like, the Ray Jackson and Chong Lee fight. He has Chong Lee beat and decides to run around the ring and scream. Typical American fashion. Well, we just recorded Game of Thrones pod a little bit earlier, but did this remind you at all of the Viper in the Mountains fight? Yeah. It was a lot like that. It would have been a lot cooler if it did. But <laughs> there was no eyeball thumb smushing, and that's what I look for in the battle. In the movie called Bloodsport, he wanted this. Mankind did get curb stomped, and I was—I forgot that he didn't die. But I was hoping it was a lot like American History X, where oh, bite the mat. Speaking of him not dying, I was watching it with my brother-in-law Steve, and we both thought that uh, multiple people had died before someone actually died because they kind of make a big deal about it when someone actually dies but did you guys get the impression like john lee was i thought he killed everybody same yeah it looks like he snapped some dude's neck at one point or like punched their throats yeah and then that huge the huge asian guy was breaking people's neck uh backs squeezing squeezing them (laughs) i think once he he broke someone's back over their knee (laughs) over his knee or something i think too and speaking, also speaking of death, John Claude Van Damme at one point, well, at many points throughout the movie, is doing the splits. But in this particular scene, he does the splits so he can punch the, you know, the sumo martial arts mixed expert in the, well, what we all thought was nuts, except for Stevie thought it was the bladder. In an interview that the real Frank Dukes gave. He said it was intended to be the bladder shot that he has done in the Kumite, which he supposedly actually fought in. So why do you go straight from the ground 
up to hit the bladder <laughs> through the balls, chode, and asshole. <laughs> That's three layers of protection. <laughs> well, I, I looked up a bladder ruptured can kill you pretty quickly, so. That's the Kumite for you, man. Life and death by bladder punch. <laughs> You brought up the real Frank Duke, but, and I looked up some of his fights on YouTube, and they're so much less impressive than what's depicted in this movie. It's so not as entertaining, the clips I could find of him on YouTube. The real Frank, what, the real Frank What's Dukes. the difference, though, Pat? What, what's the difference between the two, the realistic and the move, cinematic fights? Well, the realistic fights look like human beings performing martial arts, and this movie <laughs> <laughs> idiocracy but i mean the footage is really grainy and it, it, i was just hoping to find out more about this supposed legend but there's not even a lot out there on this is that because is he was video full of, of shit or it's not? a yes. secret tournament yo <laughs> is this video of the kumite or is it just like something else uh it i don't know it, it's youtube so who, who knows speaking of secrecy how great was it during the montage when our reporter lady sneaks in <laughs> by Pretty much, is it like the main like betting guy in the Kumite? Who was that dude? I don't know if he had a name. Yeah, I, I'm just known by Frank Dukes, the man, and then walks away. <laughs> he had one of my favorite uh, scenes, and Frank Dukes was late for one of his matches, and he goes up to the ref to <laughs> buy him time, and he bribes the ref by sticking money in his collar but right when he sticks the money in his collar duke shows up so he like takes the money back out of his collar um what i was gonna say though, she sneaks in with that dude frank john claude van Dave's character is super adamant no press allowed no press during the tournament whips out a recorder and just starts speaking into it during the montage <laughs> i'm but. sure that that crowd around her provided crisp like pristine audio for that too oh i'm sure almost as good as spoilers audio (laughs) (laughs) boo Boo. (laughs) we work hard on this pat we work just as hard as jean-claude van damme trying to get in shape (laughs) for this movie yeah when i edit this pod i usually am doing the splits (laughs) while (laughs) does a total of seven times in this movie do you guys actually think he was tied to a tree like that in the beginning when he was doing the splits and like it looked like his ball sack was going to tear? <laughs> <laughs> okay, what kind of training is that? What, what, I what is it was, the purpose of it? I thought it was some weird sex thing. <laughs> <laughs> Kama Sutra. <laughs> and the, his, his wife looked like she was into it as soon as Jean-Claude showed up at the door. She looked very happy to see him. And then he reminisced about all these old weird training techniques, Plot which involved twist. a lot of, which involved a lot of rope, a lot John of Claude sticks, a lot of beating of sticks. <laughs> Killed Shadoshi's son. Shadoshi's son. A lot of to sleep with the a lot of, <laughs> a lot Blind of long, bolts. long stares into each other's eyes with no talking. Yeah, that rope scene did have a lot of long sexual stares in it. It's a solid minute of those two just looking each other in the eye. But uh, was, yeah, what are you, what are you getting at though, Mikey? I was turned on. <laughs> <laughs> Is this another film that you were beating off during the whole thing? Of? Uh, yes. You weren't, Josh? 
reported. I'm really sorry I brought that up. (laughs) (laughs) But this whole movie is building up to Chong Lee and Jean-Claude Van Damme going at it because we know that's how it's going to end. Josh, you brought this up earlier, which I didn't catch for like a couple of times before seeing it, but I've definitely caught it now. Why were the were the mats a little different in the finals between Chong Lee and Jean Claude Van Damme? <laughs> I mentioned earlier I watched this movie with uh, my brother in law intern Stephen, and I turned to him and I asked him why are the mats ramped downwards during the final match of the Kumai Tai? <laughs> and Steve looked at me and goes, "Because it's the final match of the Kumai Tai." <laughs> <laughs> And that was suffice enough. <laughs> Good enough for me. <laughs> Did Steven like this movie? We both were entertained by this movie. Um, starts off very strongly in the match with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme taking it to Chung Lee until Chung Lee pulls a dirty, dirty move and whips out some powder that his... It's not really a trainer. Who's that dude that's by him the whole movie? Just his like assistant? I think so. Guessing it's his he's assistant. Five dollar slaver. <laughs> his ring guy. Shit. His ring guy whips him out what looks to be cocaine, but it's actually blinding sand that no one saw. <laughs> he's just on the ground and throws out this giant thing of white powder, but no one saw, including the elders of the Kumite. And this is where Frank Dukes' blind fighting comes in handy because he blind fights his the rest of the way through and throws about... This is where the production got really cheap. Throws the same kick, but it looks like they re-edited it like, at different <laughs> speeds. <laughs> so she, like, he does like, a circle kick, and then there's like, a ballet kick, but it's like six times in a row, and it's definitely the same shot because it looks like they just ran out of money. And there's one shot where, like, Chung Lee jumps over him, and then he implausibly, like, kicks him from behind. <laughs> like, he's in front. I, I can't describe it on the podcast. It's ridiculous. <laughs> there's a lot of that we'll, editing in this movie. We'll reenact it and put the gif up on Twitter. <laughs> well, the... The, the pocket sand that he has in the first place looks like one little pill of, like, Tums that he just has, like, tucked away <laughs> in his belt. <laughs> I thought he just had a bellyache. I'm not sure. It's for anxiety. <laughs> Kumite's intense. <laughs> but he blind fights, ends up uh, making Chong Lee say... Which is uncle in the Kumite. And everybody. Very disgraceful. Yeah, it's pretty much your little bitch if you say it. But. (laughs) uh, Everybody ends happily ever after. Ray Jackson's alive, drinking beer in the hospital. Uh, Reporter lady still can't (laughs) act and says really, like, off lines, like, you guys are insane. And. he ends up on a uh, airplane home where they show Frank all of Frank Dukes' records in the Kumite <laughs> about a secret tournament that no one knows about. Are we are we supposed to assume that Chong Lee killed his friend or whatever in the tournament before? 
and that's why Dukes is going to avenge him. Is that's that what, what I can assume? Because like, uh, did they never those... make that connection or anything? The way I always looked at it was he died in the Kumite, but I didn't. I never like directed it at Chong Li. That's a good point. I just didn't know if they ever brought that up. It they did like... say that he. They said that he killed a guy the previous year, but so I'm not sure if it's that the same could have dude. been him. And why is the punishment for murder in this Kumite society? Just that everyone turns their back on you for like five minutes. It's like twelve really, angry men. That's not really an apt punishment for that's murder. The punishment. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Josh. I don't know why they just turn their back. He figured it'd be a little more severe than that, like getting your ball sack stretched out in a tree. <laughs> what do you think about that scene, Pat? But the back turning scene? Yeah, was it like twelve angry men? Uh, it could have used a pappy juror. That would have made it more effective, I think, from an emotional standpoint. <laughs> were, were they punishing him, or were they, like, honoring the dead guy? I thought they were punishing him. I thought it was supposed to be, like, playing up the Asian culture's all-about-honor huh. stereotype, and that he had dishonored himself. But yet, everyone turns a blind eye when he puts the Tums in his pocket and throws it, <laughs> and everyone turns a blind eye when that... Well, Janitor picks up the gold tooth and steals it <laughs> off the mat, too. <laughs> He's like some rich Chinese mogul's son paid it's, to get screen time or something. It's really weird. This was made by, uh, I think it's Canon Films. Is that right, Pap? Yeah. So, I mean, do you guys know about Canon Films? Okay, it's the Canon Group. Uh, also, I guess Universal Studios holds the rights now. But explain... What the Canon group is to people. I mean, yeah. So I don't know if you guys have seen a Canon movie before, but like, like Stevie said, it was a film production company. And if you want to watch a movie about a film production company, that'll just fucking blow your mind. I think it's called Electric Boogaloo, The Untold Story of Canon Films or something like that. But essentially, these two Israeli guys came over to the United States, bought Canon Films, and then just exploited the fuck out of it. Over a 10-year period, they made 300 or so movies, and like they were financing these movies by like selling the movies before they made them. So they would go to like these big investor conferences, just have like a poster or an idea, have someone buy the rights to the film, and then try to shoot the movie in like three months. They completely <laughs> defrauded everybody. They yeah. got shut down, and they like trashed like legendary properties. Like I think it's Death, shit, Death Sport or Death Proof. I think it's Death Proof. And then they also made Superman 4. But over the course of 10 years, like I said, they turned churned out 300 shitty movies until it eventually all caught up with them. I think they tried to file for bankruptcy or something like that. Or it got acquired. But all of their movies, I would say that Bloodsport is one of the more polished of their films. Which is insane been... because this movie <laughs> almost never got like even released. Like You can definitely tell this movie is insanely like chopped together. Jean-Claude Van Damme, out of all people, had to help edit this movie. And this movie is like 92 minutes long, and it feels like a movie that would normally be 150 or something, but it gives you the feeling like this is all they could put out Throw there together. that would make sense. Yeah. And I mean, at this point in Canon's history, they were literally being audited, I think, by the IRS, and like everything was crashing down around them. So they're just trying to churn out shit and churn out shit and churn out shit, Which trying is... to get back ahead. Kind of funny because 
the year this came out, 1988, was Canon Films' most profitable movie. <laughs> Not surprised. Uh, yeah, but I think that uh, that documentary is called Electric Boogaloo. Uh, I just had it up. Give me a second. Because they came out with a movie called Electric Boogaloo 2. So that kind of makes yeah, sense, it's, like, why they do that. Yeah, the documentary is Electric Boogaloo, the wild unto- untold story of Canon Films. And and then one of the hilarious parts, too, the, the way that the documentary ends, spoiler alert, is like the, the guy who made the documentary like comes over and says, yeah, we tried to interview the two creators of Canon Films, but they declined, and then they produced their own documentary about themselves, and it came out two weeks before ours. So there's <laughs> that. <laughs> That's awesome. You gotta give it to those guys for putting their nose to the grindstone. Yeah. It's... (laughs) And respecting women in all of their films. Jeez. Yeah, that's pretty... We don't have have any female listeners left. Let's be honest. No, they've jumped ship. Especially (laughs) after Thrones, where we trashed Ed Shireen like we did. (laughs) Um. <laughs> that was two weeks ago, Stevie. <laughs> There's been so many thrones since then. <laughs> but uh, that was it for Bloodsport. Do you guys have any final thoughts for yes or no's? I think there was maybe one reference to our lost Eep Man episode. Eep Man. The, the uh, Chong Lee, his like last, like his semifinal opponent before he fights uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. His name is like Chuan Ip Mang, and I thought that was <laughs> I, I thought that might reference. be a, <laughs> might be a callback. I'm not sure. Um, like Pappy said, a blatant ripoff. <laughs> indeed, but again, an episode that'll never see the light of day of spoilers. So we might come back to it. You never know. Perhaps. Speaking of blatant ripoff, I have a final thought for Josh and Stevie, and it's a question. It's let's say you're at Walmart in the bargain bin for DVDs, and you have Karate Kid and Bloodsport, each costing a dollar. Just on the record, which one would you buy? Bloodsport. Okay. I'm glad you asked that, because this was one last thing I had in my notes. I think where I like Bloodsport, where Karate Kid failed, was then when they finally got to the fighting scenes, I thought the fighting in Bloodsport was far more entertaining than in Karate Kid. And that... That was the biggest difference to me. So, yeah, I'd say Bloodsport, too. Not Bloodsport number two. Dude, I would say Bloodsport oh also. God, there's here. a sequel? I don't know. There's a sequel to the, in, in to the, the sequel, documentary. Uh, so, I don't know. Forrest Whitaker's character. Yeah, Bloodsport and your number two you should really go to the doctor. <laughs> there is a Bloodsport 2, though. And oh, a Bloodsport th- like 3, like the Dark Kumite. <laughs> Bunch of straight-to-DVD like gas station movies. But uh, let's go ahead and head around for yes or no's. Um, Pappy, let's start with you. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a yes. I don't think it's just a good. I don't think it's a good film at all. But I, it's, it's an entertaining B movie, and I think that everyone who loves movies, maybe you should. You don't have to see Legend, but you should see a canon movie sometime, and then I'll just readjust where your basement is on the scale of <laughs> bad. So. This is a pretty good one because it's actually like hilariously funny, albeit some racism. But yeah, it's funny bad. Yes. Nice. Mikey, how about you? Uh, it's a yes for me. Uh, it's pretty much the exact same thing what Pappy said. It's a B-movie, but it's an entertaining B-movie. And the fighting is what really makes this movie 
there's some really cheesy parts, uh, but that just adds to it. It's uh, it's entertaining throughout. I thought I liked it. It's a yes. Jordan, first time seeing it in years. How about you? Yeah, I haven't seen this movie since I was like probably eight or ten years old. Um, I forgot how funny it is. I laughed pretty much the entire <laughs> time. Um, again, there is some racism that I did not notice as a child, so that kind of brings it down a notch. But I, I also kind of like how, unlike other <laughs> 80s and 90s movies, they don't really give you much backstory before they just jump straight into the training montage, and I think you can kind of respect that. Um, it keeps the, the whole film a little bit shorter and more bearable. Uh, so yeah, it's a yes for me. Um, almost a, an, an accidental comedy, but the fighting is good towards the end. And uh, yeah, it's a yes. Or maybe oh because God. they were shooting without a script and we're just throwing <laughs> ideas together. <laughs> <laughs> that chase sequence is Dude, really, they really shot that on the fly. I, I think it gets referenced in like a Family Guy episode or something like that as well. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And um, last but not least, Josh, you were born. How old were you when this movie came out? 25. (laughs) What year is this movie? 1988. 24, sorry, Josh. Three or four. Three or four. Okay. 34? Oh, my God. I was partial. I was barely alive during this movie. And. Is that your only question, or am I allowed to give no, a yes ahead. or no to? Am I too old for a yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> so, even despite no one being able to answer on this pod or otherwise, why John Claude Van Damme, the man from Brussels, muscles from is Brussels, a, yeah, the muscles from Brussels, why he's allowed <laughs> to play an American everyday Joe? Like, I don't really get that still. But that just plays into the fact this is just like it's a it's just a goofy B movie. And when you go into it that way, it's really enjoyable. It's kind of mind blowing that there were probably people that were really into this movie seriously, like 30 years ago when this came out. Um, Took up karate lessons the next day. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I wonder if anyone took up lessons to where they're crawling around on the ground <laughs> like that one dude. Shopping coconuts. The most Dad, racist form of martial arts. <laughs> I need you to string me up and beat me with this cane. <laughs> For my own good, sir. <laughs> but anyway, I... As, as butthurt as I was about Van Wilder about a week ago, I'll go ahead and give this some blood sport a yes. Uh, oh my god, it's gonna be preserved. Fun, fun movie to watch, and uh, yeah, it's it's a memorable movie. Honestly, <laughs> my hands are on my head in disbelief because Pap is like dumped Pap on by a contra- karate kid. <laughs> like he took a, like he took a contrarian stance, giving a yes. Uh, this is a most definite yes for me Um, as I gotten older you can definitely see the cracks which are many in this movie as a young kid I just thought the blood and violence was awesome as you get older it's um, it's just a fun kind of mind numbing movie to watch like I wouldn't actually I would seek it out if you hadn't seen it go and watch it on a stream or even buy the Blu-ray and watch it. But um, the action's fun. 
Jean-Claude Van Damme is never known to be a serious actor, so you can bypass that. But this is probably his best movie. Do you think they made a Blu-ray of this? I own Do you think this Blu-ray. is better than Time Cop? I own the <laughs> Blu-ray Time Cop. D- double D- like double wow. Blu-ray feature. Yeah. That's a steal, son. Where'd you get I that? I slayed that soundbite. We're using that again. I own Blu-ray Time Cop. <laughs> <laughs> I own Blu-ray Time Cop because I think I got it from Walmart for like five bucks. Like it was like in a Black Friday bin. Like this has been on Where'd the shelf for years. Someone buy it. Say? Diamond in the rough. Oh yeah, but definite yes for me. Lou yeah. Diamond Phillips in the rough. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Guns. <laughs> You're getting good at that. You're getting really good. You put some vibrato in that <laughs> in that train whistle. <laughs> You're getting really good, Jordan. That's awesome. But um, like most trivia, let's get in trivia. Mine are very unorthodox, and it will not be subjective this week as much uh, flack as I got for that from the group. But I left you guys a riddle. Does anybody want to read that riddle on a clue that will give you a leg up in this week's trivia? Mikey, read that riddle. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Far from the start, this scar giant wastes no time talking about his cat-like abilities. Does anybody have any ideas what I was talking about? Because it's a direct reference to Jean-Claude Van Damme. Anybody want to guess? Sorry, I no idea. No idea. <laughs> Sorry. Jean-Claude Van Damme, which I also was leaving droplets along into the thread today, including what? when I... Yeah. Droplets. <laughs> <laughs> Little droplets. Uh, That's so thirsty. from Indiana that you kept posting? <laughs> was in a movie called Street Fighter. And yeah. there's a video game called Street Fighter that features a very tall character named Sagat who has a giant scar on his chest. And if you've ever Ooh. played it, he talks about nothing but tiger punches and tiger knees and tiger uppercuts, which are his cat-like abilities. Is this kind of like the predecessor to like Falcon Punch? Oh, yeah, except it was tiger, tiger, tiger uppercut. <laughs> <laughs> But, <laughs> but um, for this week's trivia, we're going to be doing some Street Fighter video game knowledge. Anybody play Street Fighter as a young kid? Oh, shit. Street, Street, Street Fighter 1 or 2? Two. 2. Yes. Off the computers. A bit. Okay, Street Fighter 2. Who, uh, who hasn't hosted the longest? Me, for sure. Mikey. Money, then who? Think me? Okay, Bunny, Jode, then Pappy, then Josh. Yeah, I was last. Okay, Money, Jode, Pap, Josh. I want you. If you miss it, you're out. There's no if this guy doesn't get it. I want you to list me Street Fighter Two characters, playable and unplayable. <laughs> I only know one. <laughs> Mikey, Fuck. don't name him. <laughs> so what? I just, I just tell you. Yep. Off right, the top read of my head right now. Read off a name. Is there a guy named Chun Li? Okay. There's a dude et named Chun Li. She's a lady, but that is correct. Come on, man. Nice. Money's still uh, in I... the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm next. 
Yeah, Jordan, this should not be that hard. I'm pretty sure uh, there's a guy named Dolson. <laughs> what? <laughs> I what? will approve that. that He's got real long arms. <laughs> He has like those like giant stretch arm strong arms that do fire. That is correct. Pappy. Umaga? What? Pappy is out. I never played this game. You never played Street Fighter 2? No. It's like, I think it's still the most played uh, fighting video game on the planet. Alright, that, that leaves Josh. <laughs> Hmm. Which character will he go with? He was 25 years old when Street Fighter 2 <laughs> came out. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, who I'm pretty sure Jean-Claude Van Damme played, and I mentioned earlier the character Guile. Correct, Amundo. Thank you. Back to mine? Uh, I don't really know Street Fighter characters. Uh, is there a guy named uh, like Jack or something? Just Jack. <laughs> That's Tekken, <laughs> but I can look anyway. Mortal Kombat, man. Yeah, I only know Tekken. That's Tekken. Money is out. Down to Joe. Uh, <laughs> I think there was Sub Zero. Oh my uh, god! Is, is that a real? Is it like a real thing? No, no, I just don't know. Raiden? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you guys, I don't are you serious? Do I, I have to name one to, do I have to name one to prove it, Stevie? Just for some knowledge, Josh, name the rest off the top of your head if you can. The rest? Or some okay. ones that you know, like definitely know. Just to prove it, I know Ryu. Yeah, I, how did no one get Ryu? He's like the main guy. And also Ken. Ken Masters is crazy. Ken. Wait, wait, wait. One's just named fucking Ken? <laughs> I knew there was a generic white guy named. Yeah, Ken I chose Masters. Jack. Damn it. Also, uh, is the sumo guy with the really fast hands Honda? He is Honda. Oh, shit. Honda. And then I can't remember the green guy with electricity, like like Braza. Uh, Braza. Very close. It's, it's mm -hmm. white in Spanish. Bar Baraka. Uh, Blanca. 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 I don't know. That's three and a half. I just named. That's about all okay, I got. Also, evil Ryu. Uh, the main. <laughs> Wait, the main so Wario? The, the Wario? main antagonist, Bison, which I was surprised no one said. Ah, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, that would probably be. Oh, and Vega, the Spaniard with the blades. So we're watching wait, 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 fucking Josh wait, movies. Wait. That what you're Does saying? this mean that I get to redeem myself from Van Wilder? This back to back, quickly? Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, should we toss it to Spoiler Man for our plugs? Let's give Josh some time to think about it and toss it to Spoiler Man. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme. Our number is 903-776-4507. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please don't forget to leave us a review by searching for movie spoilers, clicking on the cereal bowl, select the reviews tab, and leave us some stars and some words. That was spoilers. Hit it. Hit it, Josh. What you got? Great. So for our next movie, we're going to go with 2009's Van Wilder freshman oh year. Shit, are you serious? Uh, 
dude, are you serious? No, I'm not serious. Not serious. Okay. Come on, guys. We're Come almost on. walked off. <laughs> <laughs> almost the end was nigh for spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm. Uh, you I can't hope do the none rise of, of guys... Taj either. Get away from Van Wilder. I will not do the rise of, rise of Taj. Um, I want to go with 2010 movie. I hope you guys haven't seen it before. But it's called Troll Hunter. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's out of Norway. And Troll Hunter is, it is awesome. Netflix it's, movie? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Uh, maybe. Who knows about that? Netflix? Kind of sucks. They're losing a lot of a lot of films lately. So, are you sure about that, Stevie? When I watched it, it was on Netflix. I mean, because the original programming, they might have given it the boot. Well, Troll Hunter. Maybe on Netflix, but uh, so pumped! Nice. Yeah, it's a drama, drama, fantasy, horror, comedy. It's a something. lot of things. Yeah, this will be fun to talk about. Good pick, Josh. Thanks. Well, thank you for listening, in, folks. I'm your host, Stevie, and uh, go watch Bloodsport. This was spoilers. I own the Blu-ray <laughs> Time Cop.